Crowhill here. Today we review an IPA and discuss robots taking our jobs. Hello and welcome to Beer and Conversation with Pigweed and Crowhill. Good evening, Pigweed. Good evening, Crowhill. What's on your mind today? My local food lion. Yeah? It's small... Uh, it, there's no salad bar. Yeah. But when I go into the giant, the milk is like a quarter mile away. <laughs> right. And yeah. they've got so many food service that, look, I don't, my, my, my tastes aren't that broad. And also at Food Lion, I get to see a human being checking uh, me out. Oh, you actually have a person checking you out. Yes. That's true. My food line is the same way. There is no, okay. no self checkout on my food line. But the giant is, Heavy. They, they they have they have fourteen uh, checkouts and one person. Yeah. And then there's the self checkout area. Yeah. Which and I'm kind of feeling like I heard something the other day about if you don't steal at least one item, you're cheating yourself. Oh. I mean. Well, okay. Right I'm not sure about that, but, <laughs> but it also depends on when you go because when I go swimming in the morning, I'll sometimes drop by the giant to pick something up for breakfast and. The, the self-checkout lanes aren't even open. Ah. They'll, they'll have one lane with an actual person there, and, th- and they'll have some other guy over there stumbling around trying to get the self-checkout things going. Yes, because right, there's the, there's the uh, hall monitor at the <laughs> checkout area. I yeah. don't know if they're keeping an eye on people sneaking that extra item or if they're just there, because yeah. inevitably every, every second person... It's confused. But think of all those jobs lost. They've double swiped something. Yeah. You know, that's how you, but you yeah. got the one. Exactly. I was like, A, I'm not that crazy about it to begin with. And two, all the jobs. Right. All these people who used to work the register yeah. are gone, yeah. being replaced by a bunch of machines, and yeah. then making us have to scan things and all that kind of stuff. All right. So uh, High Pitch Mosaic IPA from High Wire Brewing in North Carolina. This is, Mosaic is a type of hop. And this is IPA dry hopped with mosaic and centennial. I tell you what, if that's what mosaic smells like, I am in. I know it's, this is a, this is a hop that has really come become big in the last few years. Yeah, and uh, I get it. Yeah, I, it's good. I, I haven't tasted yeah. it. It's, it smells. It's, it's got a, it's got a good aroma. So it's six point seven percent. I would I would put it in uh, towards the uh, dankish. It's like and I wouldn't I wouldn't call that citrus. Hmm. I might, I might give it a little bit of piney. I give it, uh, yeah, I go piney. Yeah, uh, but not, not, not sweet and tropical. Not, no, and it's not, not grapefruity. This, no, it's not grapefruity. Although they expect, they say expect big grapefruit tangent. Sorry, yeah. I'm not getting that. No, I'm, I'm getting more. The, I'm getting more the the piney side of things. Six point seven percent, high in hops, medium in malt, uh, medium in color. It's. Um, hmm. It's pretty good. I like it. It's not. Don't don't believe the words on the side of the can. It's got. Uh, I would say. I'm it, not. It's got it. a sufficient amount of maltiness. Yeah, yeah. It's not like the West Coast uh, IPAs that are just water and hops. But I'm definitely not getting the grapefruity, fruity, um, you know, tangerine, all that stuff. No, I'm but getting I'm all in. Yeah. Six seven. It's got this little sliding scale. It puts it uh, down, as, like, as far as the style goes. It's right down the middle of the malts and yep. uh, right down the middle of the color. A little bit of that. And high on the hops. A little bit of that oily hops, too. I'm getting a little bit of that 
clinging, oily feeling afterwards. Yeah. yeah. I, I like it. Know, Very I'm expecting it at 7%. So this is our second uh, high wire brewing beer, and they're 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 doing a good job. I like them. So, uh, fellas, you can send us a couple more of your beers, and we'll review them on future episodes. All right. So, our what? what, Go ahead. Let's back up. With robots, let's just go back to why do we not just like bite and claw everything with our bodies? (laughs) You know. Right. I mean, the first time somebody came up with a, 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 a blade to cut their meat. They're like, so much better than just trying to... Than trying to bite it. <laughs> trying to rip it off with our teeth. Yes. So, so yeah, that's, that's, that's what tools do. That's what tools do. We, we, cre- we invent tools to save us time and labor. Yes. To make it easier. Like, if you're going to try to make... If you're going to try to cut some meat off the line, it's a whole lot easier to take a sharp stone than it is to try to bite it off with your teeth right Right. and i would say up through up until the beginning of the industrial revolution Mm -hmm. uh, tools were just helpful yeah instead of having a instead of having a wooden plow you had an iron plow yeah and that made it so much easier to plow your field and instead of having you know, dad pulled the plow and mom, he had an ox. Well, you, you did various things to, to make tools, to make improved processes so that instead of I can only plant one acre in a day, now I can plant 20 acres in a right. day. And, and the world was filled with craftsmen who were using all kinds of tools in order to produce the thing that they produce. Yes. Now, let me tell you about the Luddites. Okay. So now we're getting into the 19th century. And uh, the original Luddites were British weavers and textile workers who objected to the increased use of mechanized looms and knitting frames. Mm-hmm. So you had trained artisans who had spent years learning their craft, right? And they feared that the uh, unskilled machine operators were robbing them of their livelihood. Sure, and they so, were. And they were. Yeah. And so they they weren't saying that there was anything essentially evil about the machine there was it wasn't they, they it wasn't like or that we do such a, a better job yes right our product is so much better that this is ridiculous they're just like you're killing our livelihoods here yes and so they uh you know they they rioted and wrecked the textile apparatuses and so now the term luddite just means uh, the derogatory term to mean somebody who's anti-technology yes but, uh, and you can, you can understand their argument. Yeah. So let's say you have a town that's a textile town. Yeah. And it's employing a thousand people to sit around and weave however they did it. And then somebody comes, some smart aleck comes along with a machine and says, you can only, you only need to employ 50 people and this machine will make the exact same output and you can reduce the price and you can make, you know, the same quality merchandise without employing all these people. And what if they, but it wasn't now that I'm unemployed. It was part of your identity as a loom yes. person, you know what I mean? a, a skilled loomist that you're being deprived of. Yes. So there was, every time there is a new technology like that, it displaces things and mm-hmm. it changes the culture. Right. And up to a certain point, when there's a new technology, it actually 
ends up creating other opportunities so that there is an overall increase in wealth and an overall increase in opportunity. Even those individual people are being... Exactly. A specific guy in a specific town, yes, he may suffer. The, the, The candle makers, when electricity came out, the saddle makers and buggy makers, when automobiles came about, yeah, yeah, but this, in general, the society, you did not end up with, yeah, people with nothing to do. So, so imagine you have a town where everybody's spending fifty dollars a month on candles, mm-hmm. and now because of electricity, they're only spending five dollars a month on electricity. They're getting just as much light. Yeah. They don't have to buy the candles. So they got 45 extra bucks. Yeah. Now they're going to take those 45 extra bucks and they're going to go out and buy some other thing. And that creates new opportunities. Right. Now they're going to go out and they're going to buy more shoes or they're going to buy. So, so what has happened traditionally is that labor saving technology that might eliminate some jobs, but it also creates more wealth and creates more opportunity so that there are new jobs and there are new things to do. And instead of everybody having to uh, work plowing a field or, you know, working with their hands, it creates, maybe it creates uh, white collar jobs. Maybe it creates other Yeah, well, that sounds fine the way you say it until it actually affects my job. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not so happy. I don't don't have this broad vision of society leveling itself out again. Yes. So it is difficult for the individual who's being replaced. But from a, from a, cultural perspective, generally speaking, in the past, labor-saving uh, things that make more life more efficient mm-hmm. have been good things for the economy and for people in general. It, pr- it creates more wealth, it creates more opportunity, and it raises everybody's standard of living. Right. However, this is uh, an ex- exponential curve. And the question that's is... The, uh, that's, that's where we get into the problem. Right? Yes, so and, let's just go... Well, go. well so the other, the other, yes, you're right. And the other part of the problem is... Just because a trend has gone a certain way in the past doesn't mean it will always do that, right? Just because in the past, labor saving and efficient things that increase efficiency have resulted, create new opportunity doesn't necessarily mean that it's always going to do that. And the, the question that we're trying, that we're wrestling with now is whether automation and robotics and artificial intelligence and all those kind of things are going to change that, uh, that equation. Right. So, uh, the assembly line. Yeah. Right. So you're still employing a lot of people there. They have just, instead of one guy building the entire car, he's just putting one screw in. And, uh, so he still has a job. You've got your automation. Now you have reduced the price of this car down to, Actually, the guy that's working on the assembly line can't afford this car. Mm-hmm. So you have you have taken some of the, I would say, satisfaction yes. of the craftsman yes. out by becoming just part of, actually just part if of all the assembly I'm doing, line. All I'm doing all day, every day is grabbing this wheel and sticking it <laughs> on and attaching four lug nuts. That's, uh, that's not very satisfying. No, it, it's not. So I think... Yeah, so, you know, that's the beginning of the downside of automation. But in some sense, it takes away the dignity of work because instead of saying, yeah. I know how to build a car, you're saying, I know how to attach four lug nuts. Yes. 
And now we have machines that attach those four lug nuts. So it, now we're laying people off again. The same process we had in the past with right. the loom and everything else where because of automation, because we have robots that can say, oh, look, a robot can attach those four lug nuts. We don't need this guy. So what is that guy going to do? He's, he has to find... The question is, is that same a process where there's more money, therefore more opportunity, therefore new jobs, is, is that still happening as robotics start to take over more and more jobs? Wait a minute. What's a robot? <laughs> okay. The first, the, the first time we heard the word robot yeah. comes from a Czech writer... And robot meant is is close to the word the Czech word for uh, forced labor. Hmm. I think robota is the is the word. Anyway, sort this, of like slave. Well, yes. Yeah, so here 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 he is in the twenties, concerned about the rise of fascism. Yeah. Writes this uh, play. R U R, which is Rosam's Universal Robots, Carl okay. Kapek. Okay. And well, guess guess how you think it ends? It's all great until the robots turn on their fleshy masters. <laughs> and well, that's a, that's a everybody theme, everybody yeah. has. And how many times have we stolen Carl's idea yeah. since 1921? Yeah. Only to find out that uh, Carl's. Carl dies right before the invasion, the German invasion of Czechoslovakia. Oh. But they still, and, and they wanted to get their hands on the guy. He wasn't there. They did find his wife and his brother, who died in a forced labor camp. Oh, lovely. Carl? Sorry, Carl. Sorry, Carl, who <laughs> totally predicted the whole thing. Hmm. Anyway, so this theme of creating a humanoid-like machine to mm -hmm. do the work for us and it turning on us. We'll get to the possibility of it turning on us. I just want to establish the original term yeah. and and draw the distinction between a machine and a robot. In, a mo in modern terms, yeah. I guess a machine is created for a specific task and the robot can be programmed to do various tasks. Is that fair? Or uh, what? That, that's an interesting way to look at it. So think of a machine as like a drill press. That's yeah. a machine where somebody operates the drill press to do something faster than they could do if they were not using a drill press. And then a robot... You so know, that robotic arm that is putting in those four, four nuts could also be reprogrammed to put the sunroof on. Right, or to put in five lug nuts or to, uh, some other kind of thing, right? So the, the robot is has some level of... Uh, intelligence might be the wrong word, but some some level of programmability where it can be adaptable and do different things. And then, but most of the robots that exist in the world today... Does a robot need, yeah, uh, a programmability yeah, I think to so. be a robot? I think so, yeah. yeah. But, and most of the robots that exist in the world today are not like R2-D2 or, you know, something like that. They're, they're just a machine that... An arm. An arm, you know, an arm, something. And it has, isn't, isn't really human. It doesn't look human. It doesn't pretend to be human. It's just this thing that does some. But that's still defined as robotics. Yeah, I that's think robotics. Because of its programmability and, uh. Yeah. So what we're, what we're faced with now is that the, back in Carl's day, the idea of 
of, they couldn't possibly have built a robot that could build a car. I mean, that's just way, way, yeah, way yeah. at, but nowadays that's, we're pretty close to people being able to do that. And there are a lot of areas that are ripe for replacement with some sort of automation and if or you robotics. Look, if that mile long Tesla assembly line, mm-hmm. I mean, the, Nobody puts their hands on anything, right? The, the human beings that are there are keeping an eye on the robots. Yeah. Right? Nothing goes from one end to the other without... Nobody touches any of the human parts. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, of the physical parts of the car. Hmm. Until it's, it's entirely you, you robotic. Get to, you get to, to, to the end. You, you see the frame put together. It gets dipped through a paint thing. To yeah. come, I mean, it's nuts. I went to the... Amazon uh, warehouse up yeah. by Baltimore right. and took a tour and really? they have, yeah, it's pretty interesting. It's, it's worth doing. Yeah. And they have I mean, I mean robots. just as a private citizen, you can do Yeah, 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 okay. yeah. And they have robots that go out and collect stock. That, that what they have are these, these um, it's like a shelf. It's like maybe a, a two foot by two foot shelf uh, that's six feet high that a robot can go out and lift and bring over to the person who picks and packs. Yeah. So when, when an order comes in for this thing, this thing, and this thing, the robot goes out, gets the stock, brings it to the picker, and says, look on shelf three on the right-hand side and grab this, and then look on shelf five on the left side and get this, and they pick and pack it. Now, Fantastic. That, it, it's amazing. But even the, what the human is doing right now is going to be replaced sooner or later. So he, he's just doing the final packaging, putting the receipt in yeah. there, sealing the box. Right, but there's no reason why a robot isn't going to do that fairly soon. Because the, the robot is already going out to the warehouse, grabbing the right stock and bringing it to the packer, which right. in, so in the, an older style the char- warehouse the, the, is not that way. Right, you would, in the uh, positive way, you're going, the dangerous drudgery is work that human beings don't want to do yeah. is being replaced by the, robots, and that's a good thing. The three the three Ds, dirty, dangerous, and dull. Okay, yeah. That's, that's, Very that's good. what we want robots to replace, is, right. the, you know, let them wade through the garbage. Let them, uh, you know, do go, the dangerous Go into job. a mine. And, exactly. Yeah. Go underground and dig for coal, if, if we're going to have coal in the future. <laughs> or, or, something, or something that's just so ridiculously... D- drudgery and dull and mind-numbing that you say, well, a computer isn't going to complain. But I have a whole list of areas that right now might be replaced. So we got fast food. Right, right. so uh, the, back to your, your, your three Ds. Everybody's cool with three Ds. Right? Mm-hmm. We don't need to do that. I don't know if everybody's cool with it because if, if your job is offshore fishermen, that's a very dangerous job. You go out to Alaska and you do offshore fishing for two months and it's dangerous, but you make a whole lot of money and then you're not, you're off for the next 10 months. Some people that's, they choose to do that. They go out and they do these dangerous jobs where they get a whole bunch of money and then they, they go off and they hunt or whatever they want to do for the rest of the year. And it, can you replace that with? Uh, can you? I don't know. Can, can can you replace offshore fishermen and people getting Alaskan crab legs and all that kind of stuff? Mm-hmm. Can you, can you replace that with a machine? Probably. 
So are those down. people happy about Pretty being soon. replaced? I, I don't know if they're happy and about it. And that's right. And that's their, uh, that's their lifestyle. It's yes. their identity. And that's it's their reality TV show. What they bring to the equation is I'm willing to go out and do this hard, dangerous work to make a lot of money so that I can go do this other thing on the side. But there are also a lot of jobs that you wouldn't think would be replaced, replaceable by uh, robots and, well, continues. So. Yeah, so, okay, fast food, you know, flipping burgers and assembling things, that's easy to do. Uh, manufacturing. Yeah, anyway, I, went to, I, went to, I go to McDonald's like twice a year. I tried to go to McDonald's and use the kiosk. I couldn't figure it out. Yeah. Went to the counter. Nobody would wait on me. Uh, but, yeah, so so the checkout lady, she's gone at the at yeah. thing. And, yeah. Do you, you need you, somebody to build one of those hamburgers? You, I mean, probably not. You can't flip a burger yeah. with a machine? I'm sure you can. Yeah. All right. Manufacturing, we've talked about that with cars. Shipping and warehouse, we talked about that oh, with Amazon. God, yeah. Transportation, taxis and trucks. We're going to have self-driving cars fairly soon. Um, customer service and call centers. This is interesting. I heard a We're I lucky. heard a thing recently where this is this is human interaction that cannot be replaced. You would think so. But I heard a call where a human was calling into a call center, and some Google AI answered the call. What to right to complain about some service that they yeah. were not receiving properly? Yeah, and, whatever, the, a, and the AI just did an amazing job. Of person sound, didn't even sound, know. Yeah, person didn't know. It sounded like a person on the phone. Nuts. Answered all the Which questions. Is terrifying. Yeah, it is terrifying. Um, media and know. news. This is this is weird. You know, writing oh, articles. You can get AI that writes articles that, uh, you know, is just as good as a, a person. I get it. How about this? Diagnosis. You go in with a pain right. in your side and you go to the doctor. Maybe a computer could diagnose you better than the doctor. I saw this, that this cancer diagnosis machine, no biopsy, mm-hmm. and remarkable accuracy. Yeah. Of just... I don't, I don't know if they. they I, don't, I, don't, I don't know if the. It looked fleshy. I don't think it was an X-ray. It actually looked like it was in there. So let's just say, instead of pulling a piece out, they cut enough to to put a probe in, and the uh, the computer probe looks around and tells you we've got cancer in there. Wow. Uh, so nurses or, or just nursing care? in general? Yes. That, nurses. Have you seen that? Have you seen those just nurse bots? Yeah. On the floor, going around, taking temperatures. Bringing your accurate uh, medication, right? Having a personality that uh, you can interact with, and there might be elements of that that where you still want a human touch. But there's a whole lot that nurses do that could easily be replaced. You know, like bringing medicine is an obvious one. Surgeons, you That's know, nuts. why? Why but. do you need a person fixing your hernia? You know, you could easily have a surgeon, a, a robotic surgeon that goes in and does that. Yeah, yeah. You, you don't. You, you don't think the precision of a machine right. can replicate the precision of a human hand? Of course it can. Course. Right. And then, like, finance. Uh, investing that's in the where, stock I mean, market. Yes, that's stockbrokers. Right? You would think that that's somebody that needs to be sitting there and, and, and no, you know, diagnosing the, 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 the trends. Forget about the it. The computer can look at data that the stockbroker could never understand. Because yeah. the, cause the computer Before he even have, woke up that morning. Yeah, but the computer can have thousands of inputs coming in every second and go through all these algorithms and figure things out that the, the trader could never quite get. 
Thanks for joining us for Beer and Conversation with Pigweed and Crow Hill, where you'll find lighthearted chats and deep dives. We hope you enjoy our beer reviews and banter. After which we cover everything from Tolstoy to Thomas Sowell. From God to the Green New Deal. From UFOs to UBI. From Ted Cruz to time travel. From home brewing to homeschooling. From transcendentalism to trans madness. You can reach us with your question or comment at pigweedshow at gmail.com. Or how about this? Um, deciding whether somebody should get a loan. Mm-hmm. You know, there, there are all kinds of things in finance that are very easily replaced by artificial intelligence or robotics. I saw one, about, like uh, a world court, right? So this is, this is not some local magistrate guy uh, that running the information through the AI was coming up with the same decision four out of five times and hmm. evaluating the evidence, which you would wow. think that that's clearly something way beyond any yeah. machine. And, you know, we're talking about, you know, uh, what is this guy's name? Moore's Law? Yeah. The, the, Moore, the Moore's, Moore's Law. Yeah. Yes. The, the exponential increase. So, I mean, we are really just on the bottom of this exponential curve, uh, This uh, which is what? Doubling uh, every 18 months. You... Yeah. The, the computer power doubles every 18 months. Right. Yeah. And so when, so when you're impressed with the progress that we've made in five years, 10 years, 12 years, do you have any idea what 50 years, 100 years looks like? Yeah, it's going to be I crazy. Mean, it's great, and, and, yeah. and, and, and or, or, yeah, or twenty, even twenty years. Like you look, you look at the last five years. You look at from flip phones to to smartphones. It's a little more than five, but yeah, <laughs> right. Right, but it is more than five. But I mean, I'm, I'm talking about you, you don't. You, you, we don't have to project into the hundreds. You can project within your own lifetime. Yes, and things are going to be things are going to be crazy. Instead of having a phone, you're just going to have a, a contact lens or something. Yeah. So the a typical reaction to this is yes, all these jobs are going away. People won't work in fast foods. They won't work in healthcare. Blah blah blah. So what they should do the the standard answer is learn to code. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. Valerie. Thanks a lot. Yeah. Now, the, is that reasonable? So let's just stop and say the person who is working as a nurse, who is, you know, going around and helping people, giving them medicine, is, is that person going to be able to learn how to program robots and program artificial intelligence? Right. And, and, for, right, for, right. and do we need a, for every replaced person, do we need a programmer? <laughs> exactly. Probably not. So on the one hand, there, there isn't, an, there aren't going to be enough coding positions. And secondly, a lot of these people who are gainfully employed today, flipping burgers at, at the hamburger shop, they really don't have the capacity. There, there's this, there's this idea that everybody, provided they had more education and more training, could learn to do this stuff. But that's simply not true. There are some people who really aren't going to be able to learn how to program. Right. So I think we're getting I think we're getting to the point where while we have built up to this in this conversation of society adapting to yeah. these changes and people will have stuff to do 
to getting to the point where people won't have stuff to do. Yeah, that, I think that's the con- that's the concern of the futurists and the roboticists and the UBI enthusiasts. Yes. So if you look at kind of a distribution of intelligence, then there there the average person has an IQ of a hundred by definition. Okay. And that means there's a whole lot of people with an IQ of less than a hundred. And there's a whole lot of people with an IQ of more than 100. Now, Thank you very much. Yeah, If you're going to have people programming robots and coming up with AI routines and all that kind of stuff, they're going to be on the higher end of the scale. And basically what's going to happen is automation and robots are going to be picking away at the lower end of the IQ distribution. Yeah. Up, And we're getting to the point where they're starting to pick away at the higher end of the IQ distribution. Well, that's the thing. Like, like, so, so all the people are going... Well, that's a problem, but it's not a serious problem because I'm a stockbroker and yeah. I'm an educated uh, surgeon. Or, or I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a journalist. Or I'm, I'm a, a journalist. Yeah. So, you know, uh, yes, tough, tough. Sorry for your luck. but yeah. uh, there's, Right now, there's AI that can write a novel that's as good as... Did you, I saw one on art. Mm-hmm. Did you see the art? The, the, they're, they're like a koala bear riding a bike. Mm-hmm. And there's 32 versions from impressionistic to surrealist to yes. th- that. That's all the information that they had, and they're gorgeous. I saw and one fascinating. I saw one where you could type in some words and hit return, and it would come up with art, and you could just click through multiple different versions or iterations of the same kind of a concept. Boop! And it's and Amazon will deliver it tomorrow. Yeah, exactly. Have it printed or painted and or it's whatever. Fantastic. Whatever you want to do and it's better than and it's a, and it's original, it's a one of a kind. Boom. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, you have your own. So this this problem is we're picking off people from the lower ends who they're not they're gonna have nothing to do. Somebody with an IQ of eighty five is going to have nothing to do. There won't be any job because robots are going to be doing all the dirty, dangerous, dull, repetitive tasks. What is that person going to do with their life? Right. So, what if business? How? What if businesses are required to uh, subsidize that? Person? Yeah. So that's that's actually a, an interesting question about a possible way to deal with this. Right now, we have the, in the past we've had a situation where getting rid of jobs was okay because in the aggregate. People would um, people would find some other opportunity, yeah, yeah, yeah. but it might not. We might not be there anymore. So here's here's a possible solution. Let's say you have a business is going to implement some new technology that's going to lay off a thousand people, but it's going to be more efficient and, and better. And, done. Right. And government has recognized. All right, it's time for us to intervene because this is this is about to be a problem. Yes. Well, let's say okay. How about self-driving trucks? Let's take self-driving trucks trucks as an example, where that's going to get rid of hundreds of thousands of jobs. All these truck drivers aren't going to have a job anymore. So, someone says the government decides that if you have a technology that replaces jobs, then some formula, right? Yeah, some portion. I don't know what the portion is, but some portion of the money that's saved from that goes into a fund that's distributed to people who have lost their jobs because of this thing. Right. So now some of these these um, these robotic futurists are, are... Remember that fantastic show on UBI where... Yeah. Uh, yeah. Because there's some smart people going, guess what? 
We're going to need this. We're going to need this because they're going to be people with no jobs and no prospect of getting a job. So if we were to so now, imagine, so what? yeah, imagine an economy. Imagine an economy where if you're the you're the CEO of a company and you decide you're going to implement some technology that's going to lay off some people, but it's going to make your company more effective, more efficient, and be able to do things better. Okay, fine, you can do that. But, but some, you have to kick into this pool. Exactly. Some portion of the profits have to be kicked into this pool that gets redistributed to the people who have, have lost their jobs. Yes. Yeah, so these, these, the, the, from, from what I was watching, these are not, uh, Marxist wealth redistributionists. Right. These are people who are just looking and at. And neither the, are we. I, have, no, I no, don't no. like this at all. It I makes me, it. it makes my skin crawl, but, but I don't know any alternative. The, right. But the, the, People who are looking at the future in ro- robotics and economies going, there's no, there's no way around this. Yeah. Now, the question is, so I, I look at it this way. So, but they, they have this optimistic view, or some of them do, I don't know. Mm-hmm. This optimistic view of imagine releasing the spirit of creativity yeah. that is bound up in people when they're stuck in these jobs of drudgery. Yeah. And you liberate them from that, and you free them with this money, and they will be able to sort of self-actualize and uh, imagine the productive things we could do if we didn't have to work. I mean, you know, we, what would we be doing? Uh, we, we'd be exercising and reading and being creative. Yeah. I mean, the, and we actually have a good example of this: the recent lockdown. Yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah, so behold the art and music and all inventions. All the great things that came that, out of yeah, it. All yeah. of the, yes, because we are being paid to sit at home and do what? Learn the oboe. Teach ourselves Italian. Uh, get, get in, get in super good shape with our home gyms. Yeah. Uh, no, what actually happens is people <laughs> sit in front of the TV and they drink too much. But, but yes, they, 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 right. They, 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 they smoke weed. They watch porn. They, uh, buy Candy Crush. They do Netflix. Yeah. Uh, so this, this, this idea, I mean, a, uh, this self-actualizing you, idea is is the fantasy of a bunch of people whose yes. IQs are above one thirty. Yes, they, right. These are the people who are inventing the robotics, whose jobs yeah. are so. And 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 the people that you're interacting with are already intelligent, high-performing, creative yes. people. The average person, the really, average burger flipper, the average burger flipper who thinks that they're going to be an artist. They're going to make crap art. I'm sorry. No, no, well, I mean, no, the thing is, if you were an artist and a big burger flipper, you'd be producing art while you're burger flipping. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yes, I mean, right. there's, no, there's nothing yeah. stopping you from writing a novel while you're flipping burgers the, if you're that kind of a person. The thing, the thing that these, these people, these UBI proponents mm-hmm. are not taking into account is that there's simply a distribution of talent. Yeah. And there are some people yeah. who are not talented. And you can give them all the time in the world. They're not going to produce but, anything that anybody else wants because and, they're right, not talented. Exactly. And this, this, uh, I watched a documentary not long ago, which was done pre-pandemic. And I just feel like the lockdown was very The lockdown revealing. has, has proven fairly conclusively <laughs> that when you give people a bunch of time, they and don't, money. Yeah, they don't write Shakespeare plays. How do they all get so fat? This wasn't wasn't weren't you weren't you weren't you fat asses already complaining that I just don't have enough time to go to the gym? Yeah. And now you have all the time in the world. And did you go to the gym? <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. So the problem is not 
that that we're going to free people. The solution is not we're going to free people and they're going to do all these wonderful things and they're going to great make this great art and make this great music and they're going to do all these wonderful things. No, what's going to happen is they're going to hang out on the street corner and they're going to, you know, drink with their buddies and they're going to smoke weed and they're going to cause trouble and or they're going to sit around and get fat or they're going to watch Netflix. Right. They're not going to be doing productive. So you're, you're familiar things. with uh, Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Yes. All right. So so here's a, here's the image. Explain the, the the pyramid here, and the idea is you have certain things that you're just at the at the base of the pyramid are your physiological needs. So you're you're, you're going to spend all of your time just getting you know shelter, food and shelter. Right, that's what like a bird would do. <laughs> yeah, or, or you know, or, or just the most primitive tribe before you could. We spend all day long just trying to keep warm right. and dry and get enough food to eat yes. for that day. Right. Then you've got your safety needs to keep the, the, the tribe next door from taking your stuff. Right. right. Yeah. And so then you're actually you're, you're now you, your your third level is belongingness and love needs. So now you've got relationships and friends, and you know that you start your your life starts to become fulfilling. Uh, esteem needs. So it's this press a feeling of accomplishment. Mm-hmm. And then you get your self-actualization. The, the, the top part of the pyramid is when you're achieving one's full potential, including creative activities. You're writing well, epic novels and yeah, thing, composing. Yeah. I mean, it could be less than that. It just, it's just something that provides you with some satisfaction in your life that you're just, you're, you're beyond just trying to keep your head keep, yeah. keep from drowning. I've got the greatest collection of bottle caps in the yeah, world. Okay, yeah. good for you. I mean, <laughs> right. that, that, yeah. that gives you that gives your life meaning. Yeah. But actually, most people are sort of down here towards towards the bottom. Yes. You're really just trying to get food on the table yeah. and not die. And uh, the uh, but I think the the UBIists are if we could all be relieved. From our from the drudgery, right? That we would all get to the self actualization actualization point. But I'm thinking. So let's just say there's a guy who he goes to work, and there's a big pile of dirt, and he gets in his bulldozer, and at the end of the, of, the, of the day, he has built a, what's going to be an on ramp onto the highway. Yeah. And he turns around. and He goes, "Well, I did pretty good. Yeah. I did a pretty dangling job at that." Yeah. Then I go home. I've got roof. I got a decent home, wife, couple of kids. You do a couple of things, go to bed, you get back to work. That's really good enough. Yeah, that, and, and idea, that's where he gets his. That's where he gets his self worth from. Yeah, and from he's done something. He's accomplished yes. something. Yes, that's. You know, I, I did this. You know, uh, this road. I, you know, kid. We're driving on. See that ramp over there? Yes. I built that ramp. Exactly. Every day yeah. he drives by. Yeah. Because I, so now you, we got a, a, a robot does that. Mm -hmm. You pay him the same amount of money. Mm -hmm. uh, is, is, is he going to, uh, learn the oboe and, uh, no, now he's, and watercolors? Now he's and at the driving end, And then along. at the end of the day go, Wow, that was a satisfying day. Now he's riding along in a self-driving car. He can't even drive a car. <laughs> he did. Because, he because, how to drive. Because, he, because there's a self-driving car. And he's riding by, and he sees that on-ramp, and he didn't have anything to do with it. 
He's, there's nothing that he's contributed. The only thing he contributes is he goes home at night and plays some stupid video game or watches uh, Netflix or something. <laughs> so I have a few uh, quotes about the idle hands. So I've got Ben Franklin says, idle hands are the devil's, devil's playthings. I thought that was John Calvin, actually. No, the, <laughs> Thoreau says, the devil finds work for idle hands. But There's all kinds of versions of this. Yeah. Uh, the Satan finds mischief still for idle hands to do. Idle hands make fretful minds. Here's Henry Ford. That the devil finds work for idle hands to do is probably true, but there is a profound difference between leisure and idleness. Yes. So, yes. okay. And, all right, so there's a long history of thinking people need something to, to do, a, something productive to do. And some people, in Lots of people, most people, need to be told what that thing is. Imagine, so this idea of freeing them, they're going to find their inner desire yeah. and have fulfilling lives with, with free money and no obligations. Look at the children well, of rich people. So, oh my, oh, That's a very good go. So uh, you win the lottery, and now you've got all the money you need, and your children have all the money you need. Are you just going to say, here, I've, I'm going to create a uh, annuity for you where you never have to work and you can do whatever you want? What's going to happen to those people? And every, every, Nine every, out of ten of them are going to be Every time you crash a car, I buy you a new one. Yeah. Nine out of ten of them are going to become drug addicts, drunks, useless people. And this basically this UBI thing is going to do that on a grand scale. And that's funny because I've seen two different... Of interviews of comedians, Chris Rock and Kevin Hart, mm -hmm. who talk about what it was like to grow up, how they grew up, and how that made them the person that they are to get to the successful place that they got. Yeah. And now that they're uh, now that they're millionaires in rich homes, they they literally cannot relate to their own children. Right. Because their children haven't had to work for anything. No, exactly. Mm -hmm. And so now they're in the position of, what do you do? Take, rip away all of the advantage that you have worked to give, to give them in order to build the proper character that got you to where you were. Yeah. Or you provide them all of the uh, privilege and opportunity to have them become some, you know, person that you can't relate to because they don't know what it's like to compete in the world. So the, 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 problem the future that we're faced with is yes robotics and automation and artificial intelligence might usher in a huge increase in wealth and productivity where we no longer have to worry about food we no longer have to worry about safety or all these other kind of things we have everything we could possibly want and all of us are a bunch of useless twits <laughs> yeah a bunch of fat asses uh with all the opportunity to be Maslow's uh, self-actualized person. Right. But uh, you know what? But out Most of all these people, a half of 1% are going to do anything like yeah, that. Yeah, but, but actually, but most of us need to have meaningful work, and you can't... And who decides what's meaningful? Yeah, you know what? That guy with the bulldozer? Yeah, he was doing just fine. And he did something it, that it, actually mattered. Yeah. yeah. So how do we solve this problem? Are we are we supposed to like do make work projects like dig a like hole in the morning and fill it in the afternoon? Right. That's nobody's going to feel fulfilled <laughs> about that. Yeah. So I 
I don't know. I don't know what the solution to this is. And the thing that the thing that bothers me the most about this is nobody is really thinking. Not really. Nobody is thinking no. about this. Nobody is planning for how we're going to address this issue. You have a few people with these stupid UBI arguments who say everybody's going to go and, and learn how to write a symphony or whatever they're going to do, which is, which is just obvious rot. Nobody is planning how we're going to get past this uh, technological singularity or whatever you want to call right. it, where people aren't necessary anymore. But what about the uh, Tucker Carlson's who say, I would rather prevent progress yes. and keep human truckers yes. than automate the trucking industry in such a way that it makes it safer and more efficient and whatever. That I would, I would rather impede technological progress. Uh, and now he's a Luddite. I think Tucker has read Dune by Frank Herbert. Huh. Because in the book Dune, Dune is set way, way, way in the future. And in the imagined past of Dune, there were thinking machines that were able to take over and do all these awful things. And there was this revolution called the Butlerian Jihad where they eliminated thinking machines. And basically all well, that's of... That's where you got that class of, of like, um, uh, mathematical... Mentats and all... Yeah. yeah. So, so what, you, what all of humanity said, that if you invent a thinking machine, we'll nuke you. Huh. All, all the different families maintained a core of nuclear weapons and said, if you violate this thing, everybody else in the whole universe is going to destroy you. And what they said was... No, there won't be thinking machines where we have these limits on how far artificial intelligence can go. Maybe we need something like that. I don't but, know. But, but, we'll, but, but we'll have to do exactly what Dune did, which is suffer the consequences, learn our lesson, and then back up. We're never going to just anticipate it and behave ourselves. It's, it's very hard to imagine humans doing that. <laughs> <They're just laughs> thinking of like the problem that. ahead of time and then saying, oh, let's, let's avoid it's, this. It's, 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 yeah, more like we F it all up and look back and go, huh. That, that was bad. That was a bad deal. <laughs> I mean, you've got to know your audience. And, uh, but if you, if, you, if you imagine that, the, the time to do that is like right now. The time to say there will be no thinking machines, that's, that's not uh, five years in the future. That's, that's right now. Because right now we're faced with – I was just reading an article today about a um, – I guess we're at our man of the week, which, are, which is actually not a man. Our man of the week is a robot that won gold, two golds, <laughs> in this is nuts in the Global Media Awards in two categories: best subscription niche product and best new digital product. Now this one, this one hits it's, home for me. Exactly. This, this is my industry. Yes, exactly. I, I've been working in subscription niche products my entire career, and the idea that some robot can can create something like this and win gold. They, they, they did the best job of anybody um, with some hidden no, right, AI it, it, right, it didn't just like replace one guy. No, it rose to the top of the field. Yes. Thanks. And what this shows is robotics is getting to the point that it's just absolutely scary in what it can replace. Yeah, so all you have... So a, a robot now... You can imagine at the end of uh, a sports game, right? So 
all the all the stats. Mm-hmm. Are fill, somebody fills in all the stats. Okay, somebody bats and hits and yeah. da, 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 da. this is this is how the thing went. The, the AI writes the article. Yes, and AI is to the point. Where John Davis worked for uh, uh, pitched four innings and he did a stellar job. Right? Yeah, exactly. So why do you need why do you need a play by play guy? Why do you need somebody writing an article about the game? Right. Why do you need the, all right, these the, things the, can be replaced? The human jobs that can't possibly be replaced. And the thing about the AI is it could be do such a far better job because it can listen to thousands of different play-by-play guys right. and and get their ratings and find out like who, why was this guy better than that guy and figure I that mean, that's out. All, that's all. It's all it's become is analytics. Yes, it's this guy versus that guy. But right now we have a guy using these words, using these words, using these combinations of words, using these plays on words, using this other kind of illusion. That okay. We used to have people. Who was that guy? Who was the 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 clever um, sports guy who was on Monday Night Football? Who would make all these interesting literary allusions in um, in his? He's a comedian. I, I'm I'm forgetting his name. But you have AI evaluating him. It could do it twenty times better than he ever did it. Yeah. And why? So why do you need the the human doing this? Why do you need the human author? Why do you need the human journalist? Then what do we do? I don't know what we do. We all sit around and and drink too much and watch well, and, Netflix. And, well, that was um. Brave New World was they they pr- provided Soma a drug which was just so satisfying yeah. that you're just perfectly fine like just not doing anything. That's what we need then. We need a happy eh, pill. Fantastic. And so the so the robots will run everything yeah. and, and they'll give us we'll, all happy pills and we'll just sit around thinking, oh, I'm happy. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully, I'm so glad I don't live another hundred years. And it's that's and that's terrifying. why there, and that's why there are no advanced cultures ever, everywhere else in the universe contacting us because they're all just taking soma and uh, not interested in. You know. <laughs> well, I mean that's one explanation for why we haven't seen uh, advanced you know, other life forms. That's right. That's because they've been wiped out by their own technology. <laughs> that's right. They get to the point where they invent technology that takes over everything for them, and then that's it. No more. All right, so we have a dismal view of of the future for robotics. So if you have a better idea, if you have a solution to this... No, more importantly, a more optimistic... uh, Yes, a more optimistic... Yes, if you you can put a a more optimistic spin on this, we want to hear it. Write us at pigweedshow at uh, gmail.com, pigweedshow at gmail.com, and tell us what your optimistic spin on this nightmare is. (laughs) Yeah, well... They're, they're probably going to make better beer in the future. Oh, okay. Well, that's, that's, that's my optimism. <laughs> <All right>. <laughs> <laughs> if you like Beer in Conversation with Pigweed and Crow Hill, please like it, share it, give us a good review, post it to Facebook, all that good stuff. Thank you so much. Thank you.